So if you've got a Bible, turn to me to 1 Kings chapter 19. Uh, as you saw in the uh, bumper video there, we're in the middle of a series entitled All In, uh, which corresponds with uh, our uh, campaign, generosity campaign that we're in the middle of, uh, called our All In campaign. Uh, we believe right as a church in large uh, with our three locations, our location at Sango, location here at Tylertown, and our location at Dunbar Cave, that we're called to go all in in four different uh, aspects. Uh, the four C's is what we like to call it. Number one, we're called to go all in for Christ. That's not just a church thing. That's a Christian thing. If you're saved, the call is for you to go all in for him. Uh, but as a church, we're called to go all in for this city. Uh, the city of Clarksville, man, a lot of hurt, a lot of brokenness in this city, a lot of folks that are lost in this city. And so the call for us isn't just to, to uh, live our lives inward, if you will, right, as a church, but look to live, man, uh, uh, outwardly, right, living life on mission for uh, him. Uh, we're called to go all in for our children, right, uh, as they grow up. Man, if we don't re- reach the next generation for Christ, someone will, someone, someone else will. Uh, and a lot of times, right, those folks that are reached, they're reached for negative purposes. So the call for us is to go all in for our children, man, making sure uh, that our children are growing in the Lord. And lastly, man, the call for us is to go all in for uh, the church, uh, go all in for the church. And so as we continue to move forward right in uh, this generosity campaign, right, the call for us is uh, to give financially uh, to it, but ultimately to give, man, of our time, our talents, man, give of our hands uh, in service to uh, the Lord so that we can continue to build, man, his uh, kingdom. Uh, this morning, we're looking at uh, the character through the series. We've been looking at different Old Testament characters that went all in for Jesus. This morning, we're looking at uh, two distinct characters, Elijah and Elisha, and how they both went all in for uh, the Lord, went all in for Jesus. Uh, we'll, I'll start out by talking a little bit about uh, Elijah. Man, you may not know him. Elijah, uh, many may say, perhaps is... Uh, if not the greatest, one of the greatest prophets to ever live. If you were to poll, right, uh, a Jewish person and ask them who, man, the, the greatest prophet was in the Old Testament, man, most would say uh, Elijah. He was a dude. He was a dude, man. Great man of God. Great man of God. And we see in the chapter before in 1 Kings 18 that he was a part of one of the greatest moves of God. You remember that story? Right. He is uh, facing off against, man, all these prophets of the false God known as Baal. And he makes, man, a little uh, bet with them. He says, hey, look, how about this? Man, we go up to this mountain, Mount Carmel. Man, we have a little showdown. Each of us, man, we call out to our own God. And whichever God rains down fire from heaven is actually God. And so they agree to do that. They go to Mount Carmel and you know what happened. You know, know what happens. Uh, the prophets of Baal, man, they cry out all morning to their God. They begin going into devilish, satanic type, occultic uh, type rituals to try and man provoke uh, their false God Baal to do something. And perhaps one of the uh, most sobering verses in verse 29 and 30, it says after they did that all morning long, it says that no one heard, no one answered, no one made a sound. Which, by the way, I go ahead and throw this in for no charge. Hey, all the false gods, man, that we're tempted to worship and follow, man, and sacrifice our lives to. Hey, that's the same result that we're going to get as well. At the end of the day, hey, they, they can't do nothing for us. They can't do nothing for us. 
We see the prophets of Baal see that. And then we see Elijah, man, he just voices a simple prayer. Just a few words, Brother Ryan. And all of a sudden, man, it says that God sent fire from heaven. Man, it struck the altar. And the Bible says there was a trench that was there. It licked up all the water in the trench, burned up the whole altar itself. And we see revival take place, man. Basically, the whole nation says, hey, man, hey, we understand that Yahweh, he is God. Fired up. That's how we leave chapter 18. Right beginning of chapter 19, Elijah's threatened for his life, the same prophet, by the wicked king and queen, man. The wicked queen Jezebel threatens him, so he's on the run. And we find him midway through chapter 19, man, in one of the lowest points of his life. Matter of fact, it says that, man, he wanted to die. He asked for the Lord, man, just to take his life. How do you go from such a high mountain, Brother Cliff, to a place, man, where you wanted to take your own life? Right. The highs and lows, man, of ministry. But we see the Lord and his grace. And this is what he does, man. See the Lord and his grace, man, meet Elijah where he is. The stillness of his voice, man, speaks to him. Right. He encourages him and then gives him an assignment. And that's where we find ourselves here. First Kings chapter 19. Starting in verse 19, we just got a couple of verses this morning. We're going to read verses 19, 20 and 21. If you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. Verses will be on the screen if you don't have a Bible with you. But this is what the word of the Lord says. The Lord encourages them, reminds them, hey, man, you know, I know you're talking about being alone. Matter of fact, man, there's several thousand more prophets of God that hadn't bowed the knee. Man, to Baal, there's several thousand more folks that are walking with me. You're not alone in this. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that, by the way. You're not alone in this. And it says after that, man, he got up, says, so he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him. And he was with the 12th. And he uh, and, and he was with the twelfth. Elijah passed him, passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, hey, let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. See, Elisha knew exactly what was going on when that cloak was laid on him. He knew that, man, hey, this was a call of God, man, to follow mission. What he say? Hey, let me go kiss my father and mother. Basically, let me. Hey, let me go tell them that I've got a new assignment, <laughs> a heavenly assignment. It's time for me to go after that. And he said to him, go back again for what I for what have I done to you? And he returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen and gave it to the people. And they ate. then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. I entitled the message today this, The Call to Service. The Call to Service. We see both Elijah and Elisha, man. Hey, Elijah is, is reinvigorated, right? To, uh, encouraged to, hey, to step back out there and go and serve God, given, given a new assignment. And we also see Elisha called, man, to serve the Lord here, uh, with, uh, this prophetic call that he gets from him. And hey, in the same way, church, if you're saved in here, you and I are called as well. Can I go ahead and just be honest with you? 
We're talking about all in, right? We're talking about, hey, you know, us being all in for the Lord, man, and his church. Can I just be honest with you, brother? I'll say God is on the move here. He's on the move. And the next steps that we're going to take, man, as a church context and in continuing to build his kingdom, right, for his glory, right, is us choosing to understand, man, that we have been called to serve the Lord, too. We've got it, man. We've got a great group of volunteers, man, that serve each and every week uh, here so that are that are serving on a rotation. Right. But maybe you're in here and. Man, you don't think that call to serve is for you, man. Can I encourage you? Hey, it's it's for you. It's for everyone in here. who's saved. And the next step, man, steps that we're going to take, man, for the Lord, man, because he's, hey, he's continuing to move us forward. Next step we're going to take is us choosing to understand that this call is ours as well. The call to service, the call to service. Won't we pray one more time together? Lord God, we love you. We thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that you would bless this time. Lord, Uh, have your way in this place. God, speak to us now. Oh, we love you. We thank you. Oh, we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, Amen. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight tells us this. Hey, always be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your work is not in vain. The call to service. Call to service. Man, I'm so grateful that you're here, man, and joining us for worship today, man, here on a Sunday. Great to see your lovely face, right? But when we got saved, and as we're walking with the Lord, man, that's not the extent of our faith, is just to come and simply sit. Man, the call for us, man, hey, and and the ways that we can, because I understand life's busy, man, season of life, got a lot going on. The ways that we can, hey, the call for us, man, is to step in, man, and to serve. The Lord, man, give of ourselves to him. Why wouldn't we want to do that, man? He gave his all for us. And so our response ought to be to choose to look to serve him. The call to service. We see here, man, in context that there were two men who chose, man, to answer this call to service by letting go what they need to let go for the cause of Christ. Man, the call to Service real quick. I want to have two points this morning, focusing on Elijah and Elisha, man, and what they need to let go of, man, in order to uh, serve the Lord. The first point is this. Elijah, man, let go of the past to serve the Lord in the present. Elijah let go of the past in order to serve the Lord in the present. Like the background that I shared with you, right? His story. Verse 19, we know that he let go of the past because it says he departed from there. He didn't stay, man, in that cave where he was soaking, man. He, hey, he departed from there and moved forward. Some of us, can I just be, be real with you? Some of us are allowing our past, right, to keep us, man, from serving God in the now. We've got to choose to let go of the past. It reminds me of this, Brother Ben, you'll like this, being a soccer coach. My senior year of high school, man, played soccer at my school. Right. And uh, playoff game. Second time in school history went to the state playoffs. 
I was pumped up. I was excited. We were actually playing the state champions right up uh, the year before, so we knew it was going to be an uphill battle. But I was pumped up, man. Last, you know, I was hoping it wasn't going to be my last game, right? But the last, you know, chance to be able to prove something. Well, Brother Cliff, we ended up losing three to one, and all three goals were my fault. I played defense, man. All three goals basically were my fault. I allowed a penalty kick, fouled somebody in the box, man, you know, uh, whiffed on a kick. They ended up scoring from it. You know, all three goals were my fault. And I remember, man, you know, that the night after the game, man, we're soaking our sorrows at the local Whataburger right up the road. Man, that's what you, you know, that's what we did back in Texas. Soak, soak your sorrows there. And I remember, man, just being sick, being ill for a while, man. Matter of fact, Brother Lynn, it took me a while, man, to, to play soccer again. Because that man, I was so eaten up, so broken up by it. I allowed, man, hey, that situation to keep me from playing a game that I really enjoyed playing. It took legit several months, man, going into college, playing for fun, because I was eaten up by it. Hey, I, I allowed my past, man, to dictate how I was living in the now. Some of us, man, hey, that's where we're at. The call for us, man, is to choose to let go of the past, man, and choose to serve the Lord in the present. You may ask, Pastor Herb, how did Elijah let go of uh, his past? What did that look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. Hey, first up point is this. We see, man, Elijah, what did he do? He let go, man, of his pity party. Let go of his pity party. Again, Elijah, man, hey, he's in this cave. You can look back up in chapter 19, make sure you know I'm not making it up. He's in this cave, right? He is soaking, right? He, he, want, he wants the Lord to take his life, man. Going beyond pity part, man, he's downright depressed. He's depressed. Man, we see that he chose to let it go, man. He chose to, to let go, man, of the self-absorption, if you will, man, in order to serve God. Now, let me go ahead and say this right before I continue. I don't say, right, uh, uh, this uh, sub-point, man, I don't say it lightly. I understand the realities of grief and depression. Man, those are real things. Grief, man, hey, it can strike you. A lot of times it strikes you, man, when you least expect it. Grief of a loss. Grief, you know, of a situation, a struggle. So so don't hear me say, right, that, uh, you know, that uh, don't hear me take it lightly, if you will. What I am saying is this, man, hey, the Lord, man, and his grace is great. And, hey, he's, hey, even in the midst of, man, the darkest, depressing moment of your life, man, he's willing to meet you there. He's willing to minister to you there and he's willing to move you, man, to let it go and move forward in him. So you got to allow for him to do that, man. We've got to choose, man, to let go of the pity party. Hey, the Lord ministers to us in our pain to allow for us to continue forward in serving him for his glory and our gain at the end of the day. Man, so choose, hey, to let go. Man, and let him use you. Isaiah 43, 2, look what it says. It says this, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall be shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. Man, the Lord's ministry to us. And then 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4, look what it says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction 
with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. The Lord is the great comforter, man. He ministers to us. Hey, and so because he's able to meet us where we are, we ought to choose to let go. Man, and allow for him to move us. Man, he let go of his pity party. Woe is uh, me state. But he also, listen, he let go of his pride. Let go of his pride. Hey, listen, it took a lot of humility for Elijah to understand the season which of where he was. To get up from that cave, man, and to go right and essentially, man, appoint and anoint Elisha to be his successor. Took a lot of humility to do that. Man, Elijah, man, was a super successful prophet. Brother Adam, super successful. Think about it. Man, imagine being, man, the prophet that God allows for you to pray, man, a simple prayer and allows you to see fire fall from heaven as a result of your prayer. I don't know about you, but man, hey, I'd be pretty prideful if I was that person. Imagine that. Man, he let go of his pride and realized, hey, this is what God's called for me to do, man. I need to step in and do it. Hey, I've got a shelf life. And so I need to answer God's call, man, to appoint, man, the person that's behind me to continue the work of uh, the Lord. Some of us, hey, are allowing pride, man, to keep us from serving God and serving others. Some of you, right, God has placed people in your life that you know you need to take, man, and mentor and invest in, pour into. But, man, it's your pride that's keeping you from doing that. Mask it at all. Man, they're not going to get it. Man, they're not going to understand. Hey, can I go ahead and tell you, I'm so glad, man, that the mentors in my life, man, didn't let those thoughts keep them from mentoring me because I was that guy. We've got to choose to let go of and the pride and choose to serve the Lord. James 4, 6 and 7. Look what it says. But the Lord, he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Man, what we're called to be, man, is to be like Elijah, to let go of, man, the pride and what may come with it, right? So that we can look to, man, choose to serve, uplift, and encourage, man, those uh, that are around us. You may say, Pastor Irv, man, hey, I'm not pride. Maybe thinking that right now. Can I go ahead and tell you if you're thinking that right now? Ah, chances are, man, you struggle with it. Hey, so choose to let it go, man. For the purpose of serving. Others. Man, Elijah let go of the past in order to serve the Lord in the present. Some of you may think, man, the past is too much for me. I've said it before, but I'll go ahead and say it again, man. I'm so thankful that though we can't alter our past, hey, we can leave our past at the altar and still choose, man, to let the Lord move us, use us, man, to build his kingdom work. Elijah, let, let go of the past, man, to serve the Lord in the present. Then we see secondly and lastly, and I'm through. Elisha, man, let go of the present, man, to choose to serve the Lord in the future. Go back to the text. Make sure you know I'm not making it up. We see Elisha, man. Hey, this man step into uh, the scene uh, here, introduced here uh, in verse 19, man. It says, Elijah, 
put the cloak on Elisha's shoulder and Elisha moved. Man, and he let go, man, of his present place. Man, to choose to be one that served the Lord in uh, the future. It's interesting, by the way, man, heard, heard this this week. It's interesting, right, who the Lord calls, man, in the Old Testament. It's not, hey, the, the righteous holy rollers of the time, man. It's folks that all have one thing in common, Brother Randy. They're all hard workers. Think about it. David, man, when he's appointed king, he's, hey, he's tending to the flock. First Samuel 16. Hey, Moses, man, when he meets God in the burning bush, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, man, hey, he's, he's taking care of his father-in-law's flock there. And countless others, man, where God meets them. Hey, even Saul, right? He was, he was doing, man, work not of the Lord, but he was working hard nonetheless. Man, God runs into him, man, on that road. And he gets saved, man, and chooses to be a servant of the Lord, man. Hey, don't take that for granted. It's not by accident, man. God is calling those that he called here. Say, Pastor, how does that apply to me? How it applies to you is this. Hey, in everything that you do, whether it's being a parent, whether it's being, you know, a, a, a hard worker in the workplace, do it, work hard, work dutifully to the Lord. And when you do that, man, hey, your life preaches. People see that there's something different about you. And by the way, the Lord uses it. And to connect with those that may be lost in your workplace. Work hard for him. We see Elisha, man, introduced to the scene and he let go of his presence. To serve the Lord in the future. Say, Pastor, what, hey, what, what is what did that look like? Well, it looked like this. He let go of what was comfortable. Hey, Elisha's life, man, hey, was comfortable. We say we see here that, man, he after the mantle, right, which was placed on his shoulder, the significance of that, like I mentioned earlier, right, is just a a passing of the proverbial torch, if you will, uh, and appointing and anointing right from the Lord, right, saying, hey, you're next, man. Hey, you're the next leader here. It says that, man, he left the field where he was to go back to kiss his mother and father goodbye. Meaning this, you know, we don't know how old he was, but man, he was still living at home. And so, man, he was sacrificing what was comfortable in order to answer God's call. Hey, he was choosing to leave, man, mama's good old home style cooking in order to follow this man, Elijah. Right. Be mentored by him so he can be in the ministry. Hey, he was leaving the, the comfort of man, the place where he was from. To go and serve. God, he was leaving those things behind. He was letting go, man, of what was comfortable in order to serve God. Where he was letting go, man, and leaving the places that were safe, man, in order to serve God, man. Hey, the, the question is posed. Are you willing to do the same thing? I, I think if we're not careful. Man, we can fall, man, into this misconception that. The Christian life is supposed to be comfortable. And if it's not. Then we got to do whatever it takes, man, to make sure our life is comfortable. But, but, but that's not that's that's not the Christian call. Think about it. Hey, the, the emblem that epitomizes right. The Christian faith is a cross. An instrument of torture. Jesus says, hey, if you want to follow me, you have to die to yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. 
Right? Man, the, the, the call to follow Jesus is not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be comfortable. But as we know, man, it is one that is worth it. And so in our context, man, hey, some of you men are struggling to serve because, hey, the, the, the only time, man, that you have, you feel like, man, is Sunday with the family. So, so you don't want to give up the time. And, and, and I get it. Family time's important, man. I understand that. But hey, when God calls us, man, to serve him, we've got to be willing, man, to give up a little bit of that time. And by the way, Brother Cliff, you know this to be true. I know this to be true. Hey, by the way, I'll go ahead and throw this in free charge. Hey, when we do choose to give that time to the Lord, he always finds a way to redeem it back. Hey, so what are you willing to give up? And to let go of in order to answer God's call to serve. C.S. Lewis says it like this. If you're looking for a religion to make you comfortable, hey, don't look to Christianity. Because it's not. I'm thankful for, man, those that are in here that have given things up, man, that have made sacrifices to build the Lord's kingdom man, and serve this faithful church. Man, the call for us is to continue to move forward. If you haven't gotten into the game of serving, man. Hey, choose to let go of what is comfortable. Man, to get in the game and serve. Plug in. Oh, Pastor Irv, I want to deal with those snotty-nosed kids, man. I hear you. But hey, it's all right. That Bible story, right, that you get, a, you may have a chance to, to lead them in, that craft that you may have a chance to lead them in is a seed that's planted that one day, man, is going to turn into a harvest when they come to faith. It's worth it. It's worth it. Pastor Irv, man, I don't like greeting new people, man. Handing out bulletins, man. Hey, no, I don't like doing all that. Hey, that smile, man, that shaking of the hand, right? That simple conversation with that new guest. Man, may lead to that family coming and plugging in here, growing in the Lord. And being used as a missionary somewhere else, man, it's important. I guess what I'm trying to say is this. Hey, the sacrifice, whatever it is, is worth it. Choose to let go of what is comfortable, man, in serving the Lord. Then secondly and lastly, right, Elisha, he let go of what was comfortable, but he also let go, man, of his whole livelihood. We see here Elisha, right, he's got 12 uh, oxen here, 12 uh, groups of Oxen, right, that are plowing the field, which indicates that uh, Elisha wasn't hurting financially. His family wasn't hurting financially. He was a pretty wealthy dude. He, hey, he, he was doing pretty good for himself. He was a pretty successful farmer. He was doing well. And we see here that he burned the very thing that brought provision in his life. You know what he was saying? He said this, hey. I know that God has called me. Right to serve in this way. I'm going to get rid of what could potentially be the backup plan, man, and go all in serving God in in this. He burned, man, the very means of which he was earning provision. He didn't know, man, what was coming ahead. He knew God had called him, but he didn't know what all that looked like. The dude that laid the mantle on his shoulder. Hey, he was a dude, man, that was known, even though he was a great prophet, known to be a little weird. He wore camel hair. 
He ate locusts. He was weird. But he said it didn't matter, man. Hey, the call of God is that important. Hey, I'm willing to burn it all and say, hey, I'm all in. It's kind of like that story of, man, Hernando Cortez. Remember him? Man, the ships from where he was coming from, I believe it was Spain, man, to the Americas, got off the ships. He said, hey, fellas, just in case y'all were thinking about, man, turning back, we ain't going to do that. I'm going to burn all the ships up. This is hey, this is plan A and there's no plan B here. And so, he, man, he basically made the ships inoperable. Hey, because he saw the call of God or he saw the, the mission there was that important. In the same way, hey, do we view, man, God's call in our life? Man, his general call, like to live for him, but do we view, man, the call to serve him and his church, man, in the same way? Elisha, man, understood this reality, man, that Christianity, man, wasn't a fad for him. He understood, man, that the call to be a believer was one to be sold out to the cause. He understood that this was his life. Serving was not what he simply did. And he was a farmer on the side, man. Him burning, man, the oxen signified that. No, no, serving the Lord was who he was. And that was all that he was going to do. You may say, Pastor Herb, man, so are you telling me, man, I need to sell my house tomorrow? Man, and jump into ministry, man, do what you called to do. Well, I'm not the Lord, man. If he calls you to do that, hey, you, you do that. I, I, I don't step in and speak for God there. What I am saying is this. Hey, in the, in the midst of, of what you got, where you are, where your family is. Man, are you willing to be one that reorients their life? Right into this view of, hey, number one, wherever I'm at, whether I'm at school, hey, whether I'm at the job, man, the call for me is to serve God here. Are you willing to reorient your life thinking, hey, when I come to church on Sunday, I'm not just a consumer, man, of good worship and teaching, but man, I. I'm one that's called to be on the team, man, and serving others. Are we willing to let go of, man, how things have been in order, man, to be a servant of the Lord? Hey, can I go ahead and tell you? Man, all the stuff that the world looks to, man, move us to follow, man, we know at the end of the day it just leaves us empty. I'd rather have Jesus. Man, I, hey, I, I'd rather, man, look to serve him, even though it ain't easy. Man, I'd rather look to serve him. Like that old hymn goes, man, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold, man. I'd rather be his than have riches untold, man. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. Man, I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands, man. Man, may that be our hope and prayers that we would rather have Jesus. Some questions to consider and then we'll we'll be finished this morning, man. The call to service.
first question that's on the screen here. When you think about serving and bringing it to your context, hey, what are your gifts and passions? Man, how can you use those to serve the Lord and his church? Man, you may say, Pastor, I don't know where to start whenever it comes to serving him. Well, man, what what are you passionate about? What what do you have gifts in? Start there. I promise, man, we've got a place for you. And how can you use those gifts and passions to serve the Lord and his church? Then second question is this. What do you need to let go of in order man, to serve him? What do you need to let go of, man? Is it comfort? Hey, is it your past, man? Some of you think, man, hey, I'm, I'm too dirty. I'm too unworthy to serve God. No, you're not. Hey, the Bible tells us, Psalms 1 to 3, 12, man, he's forgiven our sins as far as the east is from the west. Second Corinthians 5 tells us that, man, now that we're in him, he no longer counts our sins and trespasses against us. Hallelujah. So you're not too dirty or too messy, man. Hey, choose to give, man, what you have to him and allow him to use you. What do you need to let go of in order to serve the Lord? Jim Elliott said it like this. He is no fool who is willing to give up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Now, let's be folks that answer this call to service. Hey, the stuff that we live for in this life, man, the accumulation, the wealth, the stuff. Hey, that's great and good. Hey, you know, hey, start an inheritance for your kids to come. Man, that's awesome. Man, prepare for your kids future. I'm not saying don't do that. Hey, but the stuff that you get, hey, when it's your time to go, you can't take it with you. You can't. But what we will be able to celebrate one day man, is because of our faithful service to the Lord, man. The people that are in heaven standing next to us, celebrating with us. Hey, what we will be able, man, to celebrate and see one day in glory, man. Man, are those because of our service, man, that came to faith. Those because of our service grew in the Lord, man, and they led somebody else to faith. And they're worshiping with us in glory now. Man, so choose the answer that's called to serve.